matter where you grew up, we all grew up in the same place, this America. The land of the free and the home of the brave. The land they handed down from generation to generation, and now people are trying to tell us that our forefathers were a disgrace. You know, the ones who gave their lives tilling frontiers in the cities, planes into skyscrapers, and turning deserts into gardens. We build on the shoulders of our forefathers. We don't trample on their graves. Because the old paths they cleared paved the way for us to greater heights. Small government, bold business, faithful families, as we build innovative companies, launch educational movements, build healthy churches, pubs, and businesses, and work with the same determinations our forefathers had to make our country more of what we know as This America. Join me as I go on a mission to find those 21st century pioneers who still believe in This America. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chalk Knox, I'm the water boy, and it's really This is the wrong music. Really good. It's I'm okay. so excited. It's okay. That's what I want hitting right now. We got Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya in the studio. And if you guys I'm just gonna say this right now. <laughs> you guys are like my COVID heroes. Uh, come on, bro. Oh, for real. Come you on, bro. We found you guys. I remember in March 2020, we started doing a show every day. And theologically, from jump, we were like, no, this ain't right. Something's, mm. wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong here. Something's off. And, and, and we know what the Bible teaches about the role of government and pandemics and what the role of the church is and what the role of family is. And that's kind of where our initial response was and our initial approach in the conversation of being like, this ain't right. And, and then we started on our own researching um, – you know, we read all the mass study. I never thought I'd read a mass. I didn't even know what a randomized control study was. <laughs> you know, and we, and we started researching all these mass studies. Um, you know, pre-pandemic because they, they all said that medical journals, randomized control not, testing, yeah, they, all ahead. that stuff. Masking does not work for the general population. And so that was kind of we started reading all these medical studies, and then we started wanting, you know. That's weird. Talk to somebody. We, uh, talk we to want to talk to somebody. We wanted to talk to people that, like, you know, had their head on straight and weren't being, you know, cowed and uh, by the medical industrial complex and, of course, the CDC and all that stuff. And and so I I can't remember how exactly stumbled upon you, Doctor J. I remember. You remember? Um, yes, I was up late at night searching the internet for it when you still could search YouTube and find information. Huh. And I was just like, somebody who opposes COVID, help. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I was I was on Twitter and I saw somebody talk about you have to listen to this. This is really good. And it was an interview of you at Stanford. And I went to YouTube and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh, this is such a breath of fresh air. It was like 25 or 23 minute interview. Um, and it was just saying, hey, I, I don't think that we need to be locking down everything. And yeah. this is going to have economic I mean, effects. That, that interview changed my life. I, that I, one. Yeah, because that one, I think, got like 2 million views. It was crazy. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd never published uh, all I did was like write papers for a living, yeah. like you know peer reviewed. I mean, never I never went on TV like, maybe once or twice before. Uh, I never like written Stanford off Stanford TV or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> it was like college students filming you. <laughs> no, actually, it was, it was Peter Robinson, who's like this very famous. Uh, he was like a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. I've known him forever because he works at Hoover and just worked with oh, yeah. friends. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, but he yeah. and she said, Jay, you should, you, you're, and he, we're just having coffee. He's like, you know, Jay, no one's saying what you're saying. You should we should just film you saying it. Yeah, and uh, so that's what that twenty, what that little, that short interview was wow. was like, and I, it was I was, um, mainly it was just like I, I, I said what I didn't know. I didn't know what yeah. the infection fatality rate was. I didn't know. I mean, there was a lot that people were saying was true that I knew that they couldn't know was true. Right. Not that it was false. It's just they couldn't mm. have the evidence to say that they it yeah. was true. Like, like what? Yeah. Like what was? It? Well, the, the main thing is like uh, at that time. This is like March twenty twenty. I, I um, I'd seen what had happened with the H one N one swine flu. Um, and right. what had happened there was like, there were all these like, uh, originally people were like, okay, it's a 5% death rate. That's what World Health Organization says. And um, 
there are all these studies that come out where there's like they do studies of antibodies in the population. Now you can, you can fight, fight over whether the antibodies actually protect you. I think they do, but like whatever. But but the, but the, for sure, what it means is you've been infected and recovered. Right. Mm. Right. So um, you've had it. Yes, you've had it. <laughs> and so they do these studies in 2009, and they find a hundred, two hundred times more infections than cases. And I thought, okay, you know, this is a really highly infectious disease. No one's done this study right. to say how widespread it is. And right. they're going around saying it's a 3% death rate. Yeah. Well, they don't know that. Right. No one's done the study. Why are they saying this, panicking the population before they've done the study? Man. All right. I've got to read this ad. We're just going to go. <laughs> I, I just, I just we, had a bunch we, of questions. We, we just went in. Yeah. We just went yeah. in right there. But let me read the ad yeah. so I don't get in trouble with Garrison later. Jesus is Lord <laughs> in public and in private in every area of life right. must be subject to his lordship. And our use of technology is no exception. What captures our attention on a screen either glorifies or dishonors our Lord. That's why accountable to you, that's the word accountable, the number two, the word you, accountable to you is committed to promoting biblical accountability in our families and churches. Their monitoring and reporting software makes transparency easy on all your devices so you can say with the psalmist, I will not set anything worthless before my eyes. Mm -hmm. So guard against temptation with accountable to you and live for God's glory. And you can learn more. Try it for free at accountable to you.com slash FLF. That's accountable to you.com slash FLF. And another news accountable to you is actually hiring. They'd oh. like you to know if you'd like more information and will be interested in relocating to beautiful Kentucky, which is not too far from the Ark Encounter, That's where right. we'll be hanging out. And in they're going to be at the conference. Um, yeah. And help fight against a lust-filled culture. Visit accountabletoyou.com slash careers for more information. That's accountabletoyou.com slash careers. All right. Now, before we get back into the conversation, okay. I'm, I'm, we got to do proper introductions. Yes, you're right, proper you're introductions. Right, you're right, not every right, day right. we have famous doctors on the show. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya... Professor of Health Policy at Stanford University, Research Associate at National Bureau of Economics Research. His recent research is focused on epidemiology. You know, before this pandemic, I, I couldn't even say that word. No. I no. mean, that's one of the things that this pandemic has done for us. Yeah. We all say epidemiology now. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, I've been, and my, I was telling my wife that, you know, Dr. Jay's in town. She's like, remind me who Dr. Jay is. He's an epidemiologist. I said it to her like 15 times. And I feel like I'm kind of proud of myself. Actually. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't get stuck in it at all. Anyways, um, he, um, as he was just saying just a minute ago, um, I mean, really everything blew up with during COVID, um, yeah. asking questions, asking whether or not this public, these public policies were actually um, scientific, um, based on uh, based studies, on reason, studies, yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. He holds an MD and a PhD in economics, both earned at Stanford University. To my right, Dr. Ryan Cole um, is mm -hmm. pathology specialist in Boise, Idaho. Um, he graduated with honors from. Medical College of Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine in 1997, mm. has 23 years of diverse experiences, especially in uh, pathology. And, uh, oh, it says here you affiliate with no hospital. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cooperates with many other doctors and specialists without joining any medical groups. He's board certified Mayo Clinic, trained uh, anatonic and clinical pathologist, seen over 350,000 patients in lab. Whoa. And under microscope, 350,000. It's, it's up to 500,000. I was going to say, that number might be yeah. a little bit small now. Yeah. I've diagnosed um, 500,000 in my career. Yeah. You can find out more about him at Cole. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Cole Diagnostics. It's only a million. ColeDiagnostics.com is where you can find out more about Dr. Cole. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us on CrossPolitik. Great to be here. Thanks. In the flesh. We've, we've had both of you on the show a number of times. Yeah. And um, I remember how I, I found Dr. Cole, too. I yeah. think we were, again, we were looking for just some somebody who was speaking up. That's well, all we wanted. Well, we wanted someone and, who had a lab, Yeah, and, too. and not, yeah. we were reading a lot of papers, but then mm -hmm. it was like, okay, you start hearing... There is this process called exercise. It's good for your health. <laughs> and so if you do it, you, you actually will get better. And if you and take if vitamin not, D. Vitamin yeah. D, uh -huh. right? Vitamin uh -huh. C, yeah. vitamin A, and zinc. And then you actually have an immune system that works. Nobody was talking like this at all. Yeah. And out of nowhere, I don't remember. I actually don't remember what trace I found to get to you. But It was it a was, uh, talk I gave at the state legislature at the invitation of the lieutenant governor. Yeah. And it was a, a little lunchtime lecture. I thought I was talking to 100 people. So was I this in March or April? March of 21. Yeah, actually. okay. Yeah. And March of 21? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. actually found you before that. Oh, I was probably, well, I was talking out in the community down in Boise before that, yeah. but that's the one yeah. that went to tens of millions of people. Okay. And that's the common sense yeah. one where everyone's like, wait, 
That just makes sense. I do, I do remember that. And we showed clips yeah. of that on the show when, yeah. we, when, when that came out. But of course, but I think you're right. I think we actually had found you before that. Yeah, probably because yeah. the newspaper, like, yeah. you know, here's a lab. Because yeah. yeah. I remember Doing emailing this. you and you, yeah. like, didn't respond for, like, my first three emails. I'm like, I'm. I'm not letting up on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if he's, I, a, he's in Idaho. By, con, by confession, at the moment, I'm 110,000 emails behind. Yeah. <laughs> I know how it goes. I'm not offended at all. G- Gabe yeah. has about as many, probably, yeah, 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 yeah. in his inbox. Yeah. But, uh, but just hearing somebody say, you know what? Don't fear. That was one of the first Amen. things I remember you saying. Amen. Don't fear. Do your walk 20 minutes one way. Come, come back the other 20 minutes. Do it in the morning. Uh, take your vitamin D, particularly mm-hmm. people of color, because the their skin tone doesn't allow the vitamin D to it get in the same way. Right, yeah, and yeah. so take your vitamin D and you can even take a little more than probably what you typically would do and, and you'll be fine. Yeah. I remember you saying it like that. It was such it was weird. I knew these things. I understand them. But hearing them from a doctor. Right. Um, and it just made me say, ah, because yeah. nowhere on television was that. Was there no. any way you'll be fine? No. Run from everybody. Yep. Right. It was, it was ventilators at that point. Like, right. remember at the very beginning, they were right. like pushing oh, yeah. ventilators. Yeah. Trump helped orchestrate how many ventilators in New York and all that. I mean, yeah. they were they were blowing up people's lungs with ventilators. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. then, and then Dr. Cole comes along and says, ah, vitamin D. And, and maybe you know. maybe the, the, the body that God gave you <laughs> can you know, actually fight off some of this. Yeah. Um, so here's part of what. I was thinking about today was I kind of do want to do a COVID check-in or check-up. You know, it's been what three years now that we've gone through this. Um, no ventilators, please. Right, uh, but <laughs> as, as you guys, as you guys look at things now, how how bad did we break us? I think uh, Jay's the one to answer that one. I mean, from the the Great Barrington Declaration until now. I mean, Jay's got the big picture on that. I mean, I, I, I mean thank you, Ryan, but I I, I think. Um, this was the worst public health mistake in history, I think. Wow. I think you can say that. With, uh, because what, what happened was that we, we subverted every single piece of wisdom we had in public health about how to manage, manage a crisis. Like first, first thing you think about is how are, are the poor and vulnerable people going to be affected by the thing that you do? And mm. we, we decided, uh, like you remember early in the pandemic, there was this, well, you can't think about the economy. You got to think about lives. Lives versus economy. Economy is much less important than lives. I, I agree with that. Lives are more important than the economy, right? Yeah. But it was never lives versus economy. The economic harm done by our our our, our, our lockdowns it circled the, the globe. Like we all all of the world's economies are interrelated, interconnected. All the mm. poor economies of the world depend on the United States and other rich economies functioning well. And a hundred million people were thrown into poverty around the world. $2 a day or less of income, 130 million people. This was the estimate by the UN early on. We're going to be thrown it. We're going to, we're going to be put to the brink of starvation. Yeah. It was always lives versus lives. And we mm. chose to say, let's try to protect our lives at, at the expense of the lives of the poor. Wow. I mean, and so public health, I mean, that's one of the ethical principles of public health. You should be thinking about everybody, especially the poor, especially the marginal, um, marginalized populations. And we just threw that away. You're never supposed to fear monger. You're supposed to, the, 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 the response you have has to be evidence-based, has to be proportionate, not, 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 a, not, not, you know, Swiss cheese, right? Where, where you just say, say whatever you like. Right. The, the central thing was we made, we made people think of, of their neighbor as a biohazard. Huh. Yeah, that's right. Like, so you're, you're not, you're not, these aren't people to love, to, to love. We, you threw away the wisdom that you need to be in community. That's part of our health. Right. Instead, we said, everyone around you is a danger to you. Right. Yeah. Wow. You, you were telling yeah. me earlier about Uganda. Can you say that again? So this is just one country, yeah, right? This is one, one, one. So we closed schools. We knew that from the very earliest days of the pandemic, we knew that children were at, at very low risk of dying from COVID. We knew that for a fact, for looking at the data from China, Italy, elsewhere. At the same time, we also got data out of Iceland um, that that kids were not super spreaders. I mean, you could get the disease and, and spread it, but they're not like it's not like the yeah. flu. There's something about kids that sort of gives them this like protection. Yeah. Um, and and on the basis of that, Sweden kept its schools open. Huh. Nevertheless, the World Health Organization and Western epidemiologists said close schools. 
and poor countries everywhere close schools. Not not Zoom school. Like if you don't, you, you're rural Uganda, you don't have Zoom there's school. There's a Zoom in yeah, Uganda, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some Zoom, but you have to go to the cities, right? You, you yeah. don't get it in, I mean, right. or, or India, they close schools for two years. Philippines, they close schools for two years. Kids did not see the inside of a classroom at all. In many cases, not nothing. Wow. In Uganda, the report was that four and a half million kids never came back after two years out of school. Wow. And a lot of that, it turns out, again, according to UN reports, it, it was the parents were so so impoverished that they were forced to choose between selling their kids into sexual slavery and child labor or or having their family starve that's what that's what we did to, to the poorest people around the world wow wow and yeah. I, li- I like to say you know everybody knows common sense is not common but now common science is no longer common <laughs> wow wow i mean it was I mean, that's the other thing, Ryan. We did this in the name of science. We did this in the same, in the name of medicine. Ryan, what did you see? I mean, so you're from a kind of different perspective, maybe maybe not quite as global, but but what I mean, what what did we break, and how bad did we break it from your perspective? And maybe specifically just in terms of like science, in terms of you know um, the practice of of medicine. Well, we we threw away history. Uh, we, mm. we knew about coronaviruses long prior to this: SARS-CoV-1, MERS. We knew the affected populations in, in those pandemics, and, and we threw away what we understood about virology and the immune system. And you know, to Jay's point on the epidemiology, knowing that a lot of people had already had this before it ever really became you know, big on the scene, and Dr. Ioannidi's study showed that, the, the number of people that had already had COVID, and we threw away natural immunity. We threw away the fact that once you're recovered from a disease, your body has a degree of protection against, you know, getting it again and or being as sick again. Obviously, we know variants came along and right. or scariants or whatever you want to call them at this point. <laughs> but scariants. Scariants. Like yeah, we're going to scare you with the next one. <laughs> yeah. And and now we're to the point where we have cold vid, not COVID. Uh, Omicron's a common cold for most people. Now, unfortunately, we took measures that affected the immune system and, and these um, investigational biological genetic products that were injected into a lot of people uh, weren't without their risks and their bad outcomes. And, and we need to recognize that any new medical intervention is going to have potential harms. And so there are a lot of people now that are suffering. This is the Zogby poll that showed out of 100 Americans, 15 um, out of 100 have a new medical condition after the rollout of the shots. Good news is 85 out of 100 don't. Bad news is 15% of billions of people is a lot of people. Mm. Mm. And so not recognizing the fact that you know people have been harmed, I think, is another drawback that we find ourselves in societally now. That's one thing you know, we do in the laboratory um, in conjunction with my colleagues in Germany, Dr. Burkhardt and others. We've been documenting the harms of the, the injections and COVID itself as well. But it's unfortunate to, you know, to Jay's point, where we're putting the poor and the, those who are in unfortunate situations into worse situations. At, at the same time, we're also sidelining people who have real life harm and real life human stories, loss of loved ones, et cetera, and not paying enough financial attention to their plight and, and putting the federal funding into researching after doing something so experimental, not researching ways in which we can help them. The independent medical community has stepped up and, and is doing so, but it's really unfortunate that the federal funding isn't being put in that same direction to the degree that it should. Yeah, but I'm not surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. That you mean the private sector is actually stepping up and doing its thing? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I am. So I want to ask: Is there any way to fix some of the problems that we've seen with, as particularly economically? When you speak of Uganda, and you know, tw- January 2020, no parent is thinking. I'm going to have to sell my child off into sex slavery because of a pandemic that's coming up that's going to stop. And that's going to be our only two options. No parents think of that in January. But now it's three years later. COVID's over. You know, um, is there any way to, to, to remedy or fix that problem? I mean, there's some things you can fix and some things you can't fix. Right. So, like, I think, for instance, in the United States, uh, there are a tremendous number of children who are years behind. Um, and we have to we have to like 
work to fix that. Like but that's, the key, that's, the key is you just lower the standard. Like the CDC <laughs> I think says, that's a good idea. Oh, so you didn't meet your milestone at this right. age? We'll just shift the the milestone See, six months. That's what I'm afraid. Yeah, of. that's I, and then, that's you know, not fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> There, and, then, and then there's like, you know, medical problems that were, you know, we, we delayed cancer screening for yeah. years. Mm-hmm. We said, don't, don't, mm. don't go get to your can-. I mean, mm-hmm. so that means women are showing up with breast cancer yep. that, that should have been identified as early stage. So, so you, you, you can, you can fix some of that stuff. Some of the stuff is just broken. Hmm. Uh, I think the fundamental thing to me is what lessons have we learned? Yeah. If there's another pandemic, will we do the same thing again? And I, I tell you, I, I am not optimistic at this point. The people that that essentially designed the policies that we followed, they're giving themselves awards. They're they're giving commencement speeches, and they're like patting themselves on the back as Incredible. if they were success. You, you do know what an elephant is. It's a mouse built to government standards. And that's, and that's the problem we have, is we have all these agencies that are so bureaucratically entrenched that the foresight, and I agree with you, I, I think what we need to do is not repeat this, but everybody, to your point, is patting each other on the back saying, great job, team. The, the Biden administration put out a plan for the next pandemic. They, they announced it. They said, okay, the next pandemic, what we're going to do is we're going to re- even more rapidly develop vaccines. Within 130 days of the identification of the virus or the pathogen, we'll have a vaccine. Um, and so my question, I have lots of questions about this, but like <laughs> I said, like first is like, how do you test a virus vaccine in, in 130 days? Even if you have, literally you have the product available, immediately and you start to like manufacture it, you have to actually still run a randomized trial. At least like once upon a time in medicine, that's what we used to do. Um, how long would that randomized trial last? I mean, it, for this vaccine. Two days. Yeah, I think so. Like, it, like we had it, we had nine months to develop the vaccine uh, essentially, which is, I, that blew my mind. That's something I got wrong at the beginning of the pandemic. I thought it would take years. Um, but, and then, but the, the, you only followed patients for two months in a nine month trial. And then you threw the placebo group away. Yeah, afterwards, because I mean, it worked. The, yeah, the just, government threw the placebo. Um, but the point <laughs> is that, uh, let's say, magically, we have some vaccine available. It, they magically test it with, with it in, in 130 days. Well, what do we do during those 130 days? Well, we're going to lock down again is what we're going to do. We're going to scare the living daylights of the population again. Four months, four and a half months is the plan. of a set, I mean, in effect, now they didn't say in the plan lockdown, but that is exactly what they will do. You well, shut up. But, yeah. And this, this brings up a great point. <laughs> yeah. This group brings up a great point, Jay, because what should we have done and focus on repurposed medications that could be efficacious against the virus? No, we, we were, no, those are, those are, those are horse, horse paste. I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. I love Joe Rogan's response. Like I can afford human medicine. <laughs> but, but that, I mean, I mean, that's a great point though, is there's entrenched pharmaceutical regulatory conflicts of interest that, say, well, a vaccine is the only answer in a pandemic. I mean, I, I think it should be an all of the above approach. Like that, so to your point about Ryan, which I completely agree with, the question is, in 2020, why did we not have a, a, as much effort put into doing randomized studies for cheap repurposed drugs? Because that would help not just the United States. Right? If you have cheap mm, drug that yeah, you find right. works, helps the poorest of the poor everywhere because right. it's rather than some expensive drug that only mm-hmm. only rich countries can get. That's right. right. Right, so you just you do a you do uh, an all of the above approach. We have the you know Tony Fauci sits on t- ten billion dollars of money. Why didn't he put that to testing uh, a huge number of potentially potentially useful repurposed drugs? Because that, that would be moral question? and ethical. That's a rhetorical question, right? <laughs> well, it's, the, the other thing, epidemiologically, like from a public health point of view, identify who's vulnerable, Correct. right, and then morally work night and day to protect them. That, that's the most, most important thing. The, 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 the people who are least vulnerable in this, in this case, it, it was young people don't scare the living daylights out of them. That, that disrupts their lives, harms them. You know, one in four young adults in July, 2020, according to the CDC study, seriously considered suicide the previous month, one in four Wow. Um, in the United States. So um, you mentioned earlier, we, we've, me and Dr. Dave been driving around North Idaho together and, and been debating and fighting one another. <laughs> we have. So that's a normal um, conversation. With yeah, 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 Gabe, yeah. This old Gabe does in the car. It's, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but you mentioned earlier that you don't think the shutdown by the leadership, Fauci, so forth, was malicious. 
Um, and I, I would say he's a I, nice guy. I know. <laughs> I know. This is a good I would, soul. I would say I don't think the shutdown by Governor Little was malicious. I think he's just um, uninformed and going with the pressures that were on him. But the shut to me the shutdown from Fauci, Burks, um, kind of that that sector of the shutdown. I think it was intentional and malicious because you had Fauci saying, "Oh yeah, just you know in March." beginning of March 2020 saying like, oh, masks, masks don't work for the general population. And then three months later, he's like, oh, we all need to wear masks. And then later on, he says, yeah, it might be do, it might do you good to double up masks. Remember, he even yeah, said that. Yeah. And then at one point, he's talking about maybe even wearing goggles. God, the goggles. <laughs> goggles. We, we did a Dr. show. J. We opened up a show Dr. where J. we were all wearing goggles on the show. Come on, Dr. J. Um, you, so, you can't be that nice. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me try to defend myself. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, and I'll bring up one piece of evidence that's really important to know, right? So in, in February of 2020, the World Health Organization organized a mission to China. And you can read the FOIA documents, FOIA, you know, Freedom of Information Act request yeah. documents. And, and it's really interesting. Like the, the U.S. NIH was dead focused on making sure that Tony Fauci's deputy, Cliff Lane, got to go on this trip. There are all these like emails between the Chinese uh, embassy or South State Department, whatever their, their State Department is, to make sure that an Amer- in the World Health Organization, to make sure an American's on the trip. Hmm. So Cliff Lane goes on this trip, Tony Fauci's deputy, comes back. And writes an email to the to this epidemiologist at at the World Health Organization saying, "Look, what China did worked. Now, what China had done in January 2020 was lock down, lock people in their apartments, wouldn't let them out even if they the building was on fire. That kind of lockdown, which happened. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> I don't want to live in that world. It worked. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. burned up all the COVID <laughs> and, people. And, and, and this email is chilling. It says, uh, albeit at great cost. Yeah." yeah. Right. And wow. what we the, the the rest of the world has a very difficult set of decisions to make. It, it should involve more than just the people in this room. That's the content of the email. The World Health Organization's mission concluded that that the Chinese authoritarian power was the way to to improve public health in the world. Uh-huh. And then at the same time, you have in Italy, you have all these uh, bodies lined up. Yeah. Cathedrals, yeah. people are panicking. The, the, the Italian healthcare system's overrun, which you know baseline is overrun, but that's another thing. Yeah. Um, and so and so you have this like uh, contrast that transformed the minds of so many people in public health. Like in February 2020. Tony Fauci is a reasonable man. He he sounds like he'd written the Great Barrington Declaration in February 2020. Wow! You read these op-eds in in Washington Post by by people who later become fierce lockdowners, and there's just it it could very well just be the the Great Barrington Declaration saying let's let's identify vulnerable people, don't don't fear monger, don't disrupt society, make sure kids go to school. All of that was part of the standard plan as of February 20. What transformed it was. People truly were convinced that the Chinese way was the right way. Well, that's their first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we looked at the communists and thought I good mean, idea. Like, when did we yeah. start saying, you know what, totalitarian government, that's the way. That's yeah. the way. We, we, if, if, well, we, if we're Americans, don't we say, wait, yeah. Americans have a different mentality about how we feel about our neighbors. I love what right? Bobby Kennedy says. He says, look, there is no constitutional exception for a pandemic. Right. And... We unfortunately. I said that too. I remember. I remember that episode, Gabe. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I remember that. But but we we as a people, and having served in the military and and sworn an oath to defend that constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yep. What frustrates me is the American people allowed their rights and freedoms to be turned into privileges. And, yep. and this goes to the lockdown question, yep. and it goes down to so, so many questions. And I think this is what we need to remember going forward is the fact that there is no constitutional exception for a pandemic. And our rights are our rights, yep. and, and they are not privileges. They're God-given rights, and we need to remember that going forward. No matter what happens, even if we have a pandemic that is you know, horrific, at the same time, then let's do the things that Jay and I were talking about. Let's focus on those early treatments. Let's focus on protecting those. We, we've learned a lesson mm. from this. Hopefully, I know many of us have. It's common knowledge now. It used to be kind of private knowledge, and can I talk to this person about that, this or that? But now we have this common knowledge of, hey, fool me once, shame on me, but fool me twice. 
Yeah. You, you ain't gonna fold it again. Like, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I, I did yeah. a little Bushism there. And yeah. got my, 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 Hello, America. I got my strategy. I've been watching kind of the way that things are going in the last three years, and I keep thinking everybody's forgotten where we were. I, I think people forgotten the message, and you guys oh, are. Oh, yeah. You guys are on tour, <laughs> going around <laughs> talking to everybody. I want to talk about that in a second. But I'm at the point now, and guys, smack me if I'm wrong on this. I'm like, you know what? Doggone it. Nobody's learned their lesson. Bring on COVID 2.0. Yep. I, I just Teach think us, Lord. We have not <laughs> learned. I want to go back to just writing papers for I don't a living. Just... <laughs> no, Doc, we need you, man. I think, I, I, but I don't think that we've learned that just, I watch people just still. Um, just be so like we were talking about this earlier. The politics. You said that there are a lot of people that you're talking to that are getting it, okay? But yeah. we still have the same people giving themselves awards in offices. Yeah. We haven't cleaned out all the cancer yet. No. So but, we haven't learned our lesson. It goes back. It goes back to Benjamin Franklin paraphrasing: "Those that would give up a little, little liberty for safety deserve, uh, deserve neither." Right. Mm. And we have this degree of safetyism and comfortism in That's the right. Western world. That's oh, right. I'm safe. I'm comfortable. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. But if we if we value freedom over safety and comfort, then this doesn't happen again. I, mean, I, th- I think there's a. Yeah, you know, like you, you, Ryan knows this because he's, he's um, in medicine. And he, when when a patient dies in medicine, you have a little conference called an M&M conference, Morbidity and Mortality Conference. Yeah. And the idea is that it's not to like blame people. It's to have an honest, frank discussion by the caregivers about what went wrong. And sometimes people blame people inside the meeting. But the key thing is not the blame. The key thing is reform. Right, so you don't do the same thing again. Or with plane crashes, you have that NTSB investigation with the black box and all that. Yeah, and you say, okay, well, what what went wrong? We need something like that for this for this pandemic. But you were in the White House at points. Did you, did you go to the White House too? I don't remember. I did not. Go okay, in. but I, so just the Senate. Just <laughs> well, there's oh, the good solid. White House and Senate. Those are good places to be. But why is it that your voice um, wasn't heard there in the middle of all this? And we had. Donald Trump is the president this time, you know? Yeah. So that was, that was a really uh, fraught time. This is August of 2020. My friend, Scott Atlas yeah. was picked for, to be right. by president Trump to be his advisor. Right. And Scott's calling me up every day. And that summer we're like talking about papers. Cause it's a pretty exciting time to be a scientist. All this, all this new stuff is coming out about the disease and people are publishing it over. And you were just, you, how many times in your life do you get to learn about a new disease as a scientist? It's, right. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this information with Scott. He's sharing information with me. He's, tr- but every day he calls me, he says, you know, I'm, I'm showing this, these data to, uh, Fauci and Burks and they won't listen. They're not interested in hearing data. Mm-hmm. They'd already made up their minds about this disease. That's why it's malicious. <laughs> I think, I don't think it's, I think that's hubris. I think the fundamental oh, thing is hubris. Yeah. Interesting. Not, yeah. So I think, and so the, and he's, and, um, and president Trump, it's the, it's the, the reelection campaigns happening. He chooses Scott Atlas to be his um, his advisor, right? It's like right. I'm going to change generals in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. You don't leave the old generals around, right? To undermine him, and they undermine Scott. Yeah, and it was it was I think mm. for for President Trump, he it was his his advisors were telling him that if he fires Fauci and Burks, he's losing the election. I, I don't understand that. If you're the president of the United States. You have to do the right thing. That's right. 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 Yeah. I think, I think fear is still a big part of this. I mean, we've talked about this already, but I mean, you talk about Italy with body bags everywhere and, and the contrast of at least apparently looking like China did better or whatever. But it seems to me that people are really blinded by fear. Um, and I think, and I think fear of death, honestly, I, th- I think, I think just the, the, that, um, the people who built this country and the people who have done so much good, um, you know, not knowing the state of their souls at, at, at all, but I think there's been a culture in our land that was um, willing to die for what was right. Yeah. Will, willing to die for what was right and what yeah. was true. There, there's been a culture of that. And, and that's been built on, frankly, a Christian worldview yeah. that, that said there's, there are some things that are more important than life. Truth I mean, I, is more I, important. I, freedom is more important than life. I've been, it's like one of the things I've admired about, uh, about Dr. Cole and about Ryan is that he's willing to give up everything for to, to say what you know, what what he sees is true i mean i think that's what's that's uh, in order to in order to say what we did is wrong during the pandemic you had to do that 
it's so odd that we are in such a place in society that requires that kind of courage. Just, I mean, my job mm. is just to write what I think is true based on my data analysis. That's it. That's all my job is, right? Uh, and and right. I, I don't know why that should require courage. That's just my job. <laughs> I, I, but yet right. it really did. Like people had to decide my reputation is less important than the fa- than the uh, my, my saying what I see is true. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and in pathology, we're observers. I don't create a car crash. I don't prevent a car crash. I observe and report the scene of the crash. Hmm. And pathology, we're the quality control of medicine. I, I like to joke we're the most important doctor that you never meet that you always hope is right, because <laughs> we either have your blood or a piece of you in the lab, and you're waiting for an answer. And and I and, never, I would never have to see you, right? Something's going wrong. But, but to, to Jay's point, and he's absolutely correct, our job is to observe and report and tell the truth. And, and to your point, um, Toby, is what is fear? False expectations as real. That's what fear is. Hmm. And, and we were pushed into all these false expectations societally by the narratives that came forth. And, and I love the point you bring up. Uh, that which does not kill us delays the inevitable. And so having this zest for life and living life no matter the risks instead of living that life of fear live a life of joy and purpose and meaning because if you're lucky enough to get 20 years awesome if you're lucky enough to get 85 years awesome and and what we've seen I, I i like to say the moment you stop learning or the moment you lose your curiosity is the moment you die mm. and so societally what's happening is we're seeing people die at 25 but not be buried till they're 85 mm. and so we've lost this curiosity wow. and this critical thinking within our society and it's so important to say look i've been blessed with a new day of life the, the, the biggest swear word in my home raising my six daughters was i'm bored six daughters yes six daughters <laughs> yes <laughs> six, six i'm bored yes. six daughters and they're bored <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that, that was the, that yeah. was the swear word because yeah. i'm like it, this amazing gift of life that you have mm-hmm. you have this one opportunity at life to make it amazing i, I like to joke knowledge is my drug of choice and the opportunity to have a new day of life is to learn something new or to do something good in the world. D- Dr. And we've lost that. Yeah, that, that's really good. That's beautiful. Do- t- talk to us about what you faced. So, I mean, yeah. you, you've been through yeah. the ringer here, and I, and I don't even, I haven't kept up with it all. I've, se- I've seen little things here and there. I but- haven't kept up with it all. <laughs> 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 I kicked off YouTube. I don't know what yeah. that is wrong. Yeah, no, well, and, and, and Jay, you know, has gone through a lot of that as well, yeah. just in terms of the censorship. I, I, I like to joke, look, if you want to know the real science, follow the silence. <laughs> and that's where we are societally. But I spoke out early on, yes. Um, I'm a common sense doctor, a uh, lot of years of experience, uh, background in immunology and, and virology, PhD work, which I, I dropped out of my PhD when my first daughter was on the way. I figured I didn't need to be a doctor, doctor like Jay. <laughs> but no but does, so really. just being a doctor was okay. But, but anyway, um, I, I think... You know, when I spoke out, I could immediately see the pushback from the media. Local newspapers down in Boise attacked me, and then all the wires pick it up and put it around yeah. the world. So right. the, the first thing that society does is try to, like Jay said, destroy your reputation. Mm. And I'm confident in the science. I'm still waiting for the apology from the media. I'm not expecting it to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's right behind Tucker's, I'm and, sure. And then, <laughs> then my professional society didn't like what I was saying, so they removed my fellowship without notice, notification, Are without a saying? hearing. Yeah, wow. the College of American Pathologists. And you know, Jay and I were talking about this. I'll, I'll be looking at certain lawsuits against large organizations. <laughs> I don't know how fruitful those will be, but at the, at the same time, there was, there was a narrative behind all of this. We've been attacked relentlessly, been consistent on the science, and – I always say, look, I have no ego about any of this. This is about humanity. If I'm wrong, teach me so that I can do better on behalf of a patient. Right. And that's what's so important in all this. I'm sure, you know, I'm under attack. You know, thankfully, four out of five states where my licenses were under attack have dropped it. The People's Republic of Washington is still, you know, that, that's yet to come. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, another right. thing. Um, I had to sell my lab. Not because a board of medicine did anything to me, but the insurers. The No. Yeah. They said, we don't like what you're saying. We're canceling your contract for uh, unprofessional behavior. Oh. 
Oh my goodness. I was, I lost 30% of my business overnight. And then my clients are like, well, we 500,000 patients, you do great work. Um, and I ended up having to sell my lab to my associate because I couldn't get paid for what I do anymore. And, mm. and so they took 10 years off of my career. Again, these weren't boards of medicine. These are, are private companies putting the squeeze on people. I, I, I would venture to say there are probably five pathologists in the country that have seen as many biopsies as I've seen in my career. But, and remember, these are the same insurance companies that are covering transgender surgeries. Correct. And, and those doctors aren't having their licenses attacked right. for no. mutilating children. Right. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's nuts. That is insane. Wow. wow. But you know what? Would I do it all over again? Darn right Amen. I would. Amen. You know Amen. what, Darn Dr. Right. J Amen. And, and, and Dr. Cole, thank that's, you guys. That's why I kept emailing you and calling thank you, you and texting you because I was like, I got to stay close to Dr. <laughs> <Wow>. Cole. <laughs> um, I'm going to make him a friend. I want to I, I, I ask you guys because we only have a little time left, but I want to ask you guys right now that I don't think that we've cleaned house well. I just said that. I want to know if you guys were selected to be hands for a politician or a governor what would you do to go about cleaning house so that question. if we actually have a real pandemic, we won't kill people and we won't destroy That's the world? What, what would you do yeah. to put things in place that clean the house? So I, th I think I would, I would, I'm just going to focus on the federal level because the state level, there's a lot I think that can be done. But, uh, um, and like, you know, we've seen places like Florida do it. And yeah. Uh, so, but, but at the federal level, I think fundamentally our public health bureaucracy functioned incredibly poorly. I think. You guys agree with that? I think. No, yeah. um, I think so, it always has. But. Well, well I mean, particularly during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, like just take the NIH. You essentially had the NIH running the, the pandemic, but why? Why? Right? So, they, 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 you know, we have a CDC. The CDC is our public health authority, not the NIH. Why did some Tony Fauci at the NIH? Uh, effectively run the pandemic that that had a lot of consequences so mm. like he controls a, a whole bunch of federal money he and francis collins control an enormous amount of money that that determines the careers of scientists if you cross them you your careers as a scientist potentially threatened so yeah what was there a consensus well a lot, there's a, there's a lot of silent scientists who, who self-silence because they're like i don't want to be on the other side of this wow. of these people that potentially yeah. control my 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 uh, yeah. well-being um, or my, my, you know, my career. Um, the, the, the other thing about the NIH is, you know, you, the, the, uh, they have an intramural program where they can, where the science, the NIH can patent drugs or patent, get patents. Right. At the same time, they also recommend what treatments to give. Right. That's a conflict of interest no. there. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, so, so you, you have like, there are these like things where like, you, you know, you notice them once, once they come into the forefront, but they, there's also like ways to fix it. Right. So for instance, there's a great scientists all across the country. Why does most of the NIH money go to like three States? You know uh, what I would do, like let's have seven regional NIHs. And so, and they'll be in competition with each other. Science mm. works best when there's competition. Um, and so, and then, so like, if there's going to be one Tony Fauci, let there be seven fighting with each other to like, you know, I, there won't be one person that will come up and say, I am the science. Right. Right. You'll have, <laughs> you know, if you're going to have an NIH, have it, have it dispersed. Um, the, the, the FDA is captured by pharma interest. And, and in fact, pharma pays for the FDA's operations for like, you know, 30, 40% of the operations are pharma funding. Wow. Yeah, it's 40, 45% here in the UK. It's 80%. Wow. Yeah. That, that funds their equivalent of the FDA. And if wow. you, again, if you're going to have to have an FDA, it has to be independent of the, of the, of the group that it's regulating at the right. very least. Right. Right. Um, so I think there are things that like a, a, the, the next president could do that would be quite popular and, and, and would make an immediate difference. We do, and like the CDC needs a thorough rethink, but that's that's a, maybe we can talk that talk that talk about that later. It, I'd love to hear about that. What a rethink looks like there. What, what about for governors? Anything for governors too? Yeah, I, I think what we saw a lot of is well, we saw one governor stand up, and that's really and and Christy Nome did as well to a degree, but surrounding yourself with dissenting voices is critically important. Mm. And unfortunately, I don't expect any of them to be scientists, but surrounding yourself, but even, even in Idaho, what happened is Governor Little formed uh, a, you know, a COVID council and 
a lot of colleagues are like, well, why is Dr. Cole not on it? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Because I wasn't saying the things that were popular. I'm like, uh, that's what you need. Mm. You need you need dissenting voices to say, can we check ourselves on this? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not sure that's right. And and we need to think globally, but we have to act locally. And I like Jay's idea. Decentralize things. Because when there is dialogue, then then you the consensus is going to be different. And science isn't done by consensus. Most of the, the great science that's happened historically has been that dissenting voice in that eureka moment, Galileo. They threw him in the tower. He was still right. And so we, we need to honor the voices and listen to all voices in order to come to conclusions that may be different than what we're comfortable with. But I think acting at the, the local level first and, and then regionally and then nationally. Actually, there's, there's something nationally you can do about that. Because it turns out that a lot of the censorship that happened, it was actually organized by the federal government. Right. Like there's that, like I'm involved with this lawsuit brought by the Louisiana and Missouri attorney generals against the federal government, against the Biden administration. It turns out a dozen federal agencies were effectively threatening social media companies to, to de-platform ideas they didn't like, yeah. even true things like yeah. immunity after COVID recovery. You write something about that, you get tossed off YouTube. Masking toddlers is a bad idea. Apparently, that you can get tossed off YouTube for that. Yeah, so um, that's why we were gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, so, I mean, I think so. The federal government needs to actually honor the First Amendment. Amen. Wow, hundred percent. Yeah, right. Which is. <laughs> Which is what but it was. It's, for, yeah. it's, just, it's there. Like, it's right there. It's like you're it's supposed so simple. to. I, mean, yeah. I guess if you don't have the kind of people that are willing to, you know, you talked about taking an oath. When you take an oath that you, you, you're saying, I'm going to honor this, even though others are, might not. And you don't take an oath to a degree that it's comfortable. Right. You, take uh, an oath, you take an oath. That's no. right. No. But I don't think we don't have the people. That's why I'm thinking like the next generation. Dr. J, um, you were saying that you're. As you're on tour, you're saying the masses are waking up, but it's the people who are in power still who are the problem. Yeah. Um, but I keep thinking that, but if you have the masses who aren't kicking out the people who are in authority, then the masses well, are still the problem. I think, I think, I think that's, I have to, I'm, I have to say, I'm very sad about what I have to say because I always thought it didn't really matter that much who the leaders were. I mean, it really mattered with the hearts and minds of the people. But I, but I think that, that, um, that, Unless there's some political price to be paid for the decisions about the lockdowns, the school closure, and so on, the politicians will do it again. Mm-hmm. The, the, the public health leaders will do it again. There has to be some political price paid uh, for, yeah. for, that, right. for those bad decisions. I think. Know, we like to say we're a nation of laws, which you know, technically is true, but the political will to enforce the laws right. has to be there from the people. Right. You're absolutely right. Right. Yeah. It goes, I mean, it goes back to like even the like Gabe's arrest um, in, in uh, 2020 where the, the law itself that, I mean, it was, a, it was a stupid city um, emergency or, emergency order yeah. that was even passed to begin with. But, but the law itself actually said that even in these emergency orders, first amendment rights um, are, protected. Uh, are protected. Like that's what the law actually said. Just not when you sing hymns. That's it's, apparently. Like, <laughs> It's emergency Bars. order, not a law. But, but, it's yeah. emergency order. Yeah, it was not emergency a law. order. Yep. But 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 the but our city code says even in emergency orders, yep. First Amendment rights are preserved. Like yep. it's it's explicitly there. It's baked into that cake. In, in my county, Santa Clara County, California, there was an emergency order that prevented in-home Bible studies. That is nuts. No, it's completely serious. No. There was a, I, I, I yeah. was I was an expert in a legal case yeah. that went to the Supreme Court to get that turned over. Yeah. We, we, we had a, that's nuts. So in we, the United States, you had a, a government telling you you yeah. can't have an in-home Bible. But you could go to a strip club, club yeah, and yeah, a liquor store. That's that right. was just <laughs> fine. One of the local, uh, local pastors here pointed out during, um, I think it was during Little's um, initial lockdown order yeah. that, um, you know, you could deliver pizzas. Pizza delivery was still, uh, was still legal, but apparently the, the way it was worded, um, a pastor couldn't go to a, a, a congregant's home and serve communion. That that was prohibited, but you could, you know, Domino's pizza, was pizza. fine. And, you know, and, th- there's a, in San Diego. Oh, sorry, Gabe. No, no. Yeah, I, so, I was just going to say that. Um, I never interrupted the doctor. I, I joined a lawsuit with him and a couple other churchgoers yeah. um, that got Governor Little to overturn yeah, he, the religious he cha- restrictions. He changed it. In, in, in San Diego, there's a church. Um, because strip clubs were allowed that, and they wanted to meet, 
they they labeled themselves a strip club and had had uh, had church. I think under the were, label and they just strip took club. off their tie and coat. Did we have that pastor? Rob McCoy. Remember Rob McCoy? Absolutely. He took his tie off. There you go. There you go. Right. No, it's absolutely nuts. Rowdy Christian merch. This is if you're a fan of Cross Politic or the Fight Laugh Feast Network, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic merchandise. Uh, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but are we going to send the doctors out with some merch? Yeah, I hope so. so. Yes. I, I would love to see Dr. J or oh, you know, Dr. Wow. Cole, like, you know. Fight, laugh, feast uh, t-shirts. Uh, on, on, on CNN with fight, laugh, feast on yeah. there. Is that going to happen? Jay's not shaking his head. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. I'll wear it. <laughs> no, I won't, have, I won't get invited to CNN. No, that's, no, no, no. <laughs> that's the part. Okay, okay, deal. Uh, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases. Visit Rowdy Christian Merch at RowdyChristian.com and buy that next gift or a little something for yourself. Again, it's RowdyChristian.com. Gentlemen, very, very thankful for yeah, you guys. Yeah, we really, really work. appreciate your work, you been, your courage. Uh, encouragement for us over here. Um, yeah. I can't say enough about you. Super fans. I'm Absolutely. Out right now. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, I know you have to run, but you, can you stick around just for a little bit? I can stick okay. around for a few minutes. Right. Jay has a very important thing yes. to go do. All right. Yeah. And, uh, if you're single, you get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. I hope my son is gay. And I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us. <laughs> Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahonian Daily News. The, the question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic. There be a place for same-sex couples? Uh, no, no marriage. Even though it's the law of the land in the United States? Uh, just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other. Fear no man.